Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 2, Episode 15, Consumed, with Maeve McCool. Maeve is a visual artist in New York. Her work in drawing, printmaking, and embroidery aims to consider memory, decay, and regrowth. She's currently examining the rise and fall of capitalist production in relation to rural American economies, and how people in those communities emotionally connect to industry versus nature, and ideas of home, femininity, and loss. Hi, my name is Maeve McCool. I'm a visual artist based in Catskill, New York, where I am also a grants manager for an arts council. I'm originally from Wilmington, Delaware, and I went to school in Washington, D.C. at the Corcoran College of Art and Design, where I actually studied art history mainly and did a lot of research projects on contemporary art and that sort of thing. And throughout that time, my art practice started to grow. After college, I moved to upstate New York for an art history research fellowship at the Thomas Cole National Historic Site. And living up here, I had more access to contemporary artists. I started working for the artist Portia Munson and really got kind of inspired to really grow my my artistic practice more. So for the past few years, I've been working more regularly and and building my, my practice. A lot of my work, I think, is looking more towards the past. You know, I've really been interested in in memory a lot, memory in place. But I think with memory, there also comes the thought of future. So when I'm drawing a factory or a house, I think about, you know, who spent their lives there, who had memories in that place that are now kind of swept away. But also, you know, what is it going to be in 20 or 50 more years? You know, what people will be impacted by that place later on, which is just interesting to think about. Within my own practice, I spent a lot of time thinking that art wasn't going to be a, a valid lifestyle, you know, that I should study art history so that I could get a job. Obviously not uh, <laughs> very true, but I think that sometimes I can approach art in this way, like, oh, I have to be working in the same way that everyone else is, or I have to find a way to, to make myself really successful. But I think something I always have to remind myself is that art can be something that I can like fall in love with on my own. It doesn't have to look like anyone else's. I don't have to keep making the same sort of work. I should let myself experiment and just kind of enjoy the the feelings that it can give you. Yeah, so I think especially in this kind of pandemic time where you can only relate to other artists through like Instagram and see everything that everyone is doing, it can be really overwhelming. And I think that art can be kind of solace from that. You should let yourself kind of just wander in your in your mind and make things, even if they're bad, just just keep kind of making and learning within yourself. I think that art in the in this future world that we're going to be going into is going to be really vital. I think, you know, especially during this pandemic, artists are the people who are are thinking of creative solutions and and making work that really is like empowering and and makes you feel like good and positive so i think that artists are really going to be an important part of rebuilding after this crisis 
of the artists that I know, especially in my, my area, but also people who aren't artists, people are thinking about how they can grow gardens and like live more sustainably and independently, which is really incredible. And I, I am an assistant to the artist Portia Munson, and she makes really incredible paintings and installations of objects, but a big part of her practice is also gardening. She has these incredible, beautiful, lush gardens that like support her, you know, visually and, and with these beautiful plants, but also food-wise. I think that that is really going to be an important part of people's lives in general, but especially artists too, learning how to kind of make your land and your, your growth um, a part of your everyday life and work. The series of works that I did for the Future Prairie Digital Residency are different drawings of a hotel in the Catskill Mountains that's now dilapidated and falling apart, but was originally called the Cold Springs Hotel, built, I think, in the late 1800s. A lot of my work in drawing considers how buildings and places and homes kind of age and fall apart throughout time. And this building in particular was really fascinating because it kind of had collapsed in, in on itself. The, the roof was upside down, but there were still plates stacked neatly inside. It was kind of a really interesting way that nature and had kind of taken over this place again. So the series of nine works in this digital residency are kind of exploring that visual nature of this place and thinking about how it can break down even more. Some of the works are on paper, drawings on paper, and then some are on repurposed fabrics that are larger flags. So when making these works, I think sometimes when you look at sort of these abandoned places that are falling apart, there can be a feeling of sadness. But with these particular works, I kind of just felt really positive about them almost. Sometimes when, when buildings are being taken apart like this, it's almost a good thing that they're, even though humans can produce so much waste and structures that eventually at some point they'll kind of be broken back down and made into dirt again and that just felt really positive for me so now that we're in this pandemic when i was making some of these works i really just kind of zoned in on that on that feeling now that i'm kind of stuck in one place all the time i'm thinking a lot about my own home and and kind of living here all the time what what places can mean to us and how, you know, life will keep going on after this. The places we're in now will eventually crumble too, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So a lot of my work before this most recent series was more based on my kind of personal experiences in different environments and that sort of thing. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware and moved around in kind of different situations. You know, I for a time I lived in southern New Jersey where it's more rural and then I lived in the city of Wilmington so of course it was more urban and then in the suburbs so all these different kind of atmospheres really shaped my artistic vision and one of those places was Newport, Delaware which is in, in Wilmington and I was living kind of right next to a General Motors plant and the plant was enormous you know the whole kind of suburban neighborhood that was centered around it really relied on it for 
for jobs and and that sort of thing. But over time, it kind of it closed and fell apart and really began to decay. And I think that was really fascinating to me as a kid to see how this kind of progressed. And so I did a, a series of drawings on that earlier in the year of the factory kind of being overgrown and that sort of thing. And then some drawings of my family living in that in that place. And I think I was really interested in how we had these, you know, emotional family experiences in kind of this industrial environment and how those two kind of play off of each other and connect. At one point there was, which is pretty unheard of, an earthquake in Delaware. And I had never experienced one of those before. So it kind of like rumbled and everyone in my house thought, the GM plant is exploding. So we hid under the table and, you know, this whole thing. But it was just an earthquake. <laughs> so anyway, I did a series of drawings based on, on that place. People get really attached to industrial places like that. I think when they pulled, when they tore down the GM factory, people almost grieved it in a way. In college, when I was studying art history, I actually did my thesis paper on alternative arts spaces. So I interviewed like 30 different artists who are having these alternative spaces um, in New York City and LA and in Baltimore and DC, who all kind of had the same idea that like college and grad school isn't really what you always need to have an arts practice. So it was really fascinating to see these people who were doing things like making furniture or you know, building gardens, like all these different things who also had, you know, an art gallery in their kitchen or their shed or whatever. I think for the future of, of my own life and maybe the art world in general, especially during this pandemic, I, I think I feel positive about it. For instance, I, I mentioned that I went to school for art history and I've done a lot of work in museums, which has been great, but also is really kind of steeped in these older ideas of, you know, having boards that are really wealthy and kind of just working in this really wealthy art collector world. And I kind of just got sick of that and decided to find work that was more fulfilling. So I recently have begun working as a grants manager, working with money from NISCA. So it's taxpayer money that's kind of going directly to to artists and organizations. And during this pandemic, we started talking about, you know, the WPA program and how to kind of support artists during this time. And I think that in the next year or two years, I'm really interested to see how the art world kind of shifts more towards the, the creation of art and the support of artists in this more accessible way than just in these more elite museums. I hope for art in the future, in the next few years, that it can just be something that everyone can experience and do, you know? I think a lot of people kind of see art as this bigger or kind of intimidating thing that you have to like be in the club, you have to be an elite artist, you know? Which is kind of a shame. I think that 
in the future, I hope, you know, like, like how gardening should be it for everyone and how gardening can become a part of your arts practice, that making things can also be a part of people's, you know, lives and be something that emotionally like enriches and, and betters their life. Yeah, I think I don't have the most consistent, you know, methods for making my work. You know, like everyone else, I have to have a job and put food on my table and do all these regular things. Sometimes I kind of, when I see something that really inspires me or go to, you know, visit a place and want to draw it, I'll kind of like get overwhelmed by this like need to draw it. So I'll spend like three days straight only, only drawing and then like set it aside for two weeks or something like that. So maybe it's not the most consistent thing, but I think there's nothing like the feeling of kind of just getting consumed by a project and really, really getting into it. Yeah, I think that keeping a sketchbook is really important. It's something that I sometimes slack on and really need to like pick up. But I think that just constantly sketching and just drawing out ideas and thinking about things, even if you only do, you know, one out of 10 ideas that you have, I think it's just good just to keep that ball rolling. One thing that I've been doing is on Zoom calls, you know, during work and things like that, I'll just do sketches of everyone that I see which has been like really fun and just like a good way for me to just keep drawing every day. Yeah, I'm excited just to kind of just keep working, you know. I think in the future for my my artistic practice, I really want to explore environmentalism more. I think a lot of my work prior to this has been more focused on my personal experiences and and the idea of home and family, which is really important but I think can also connect a lot to environmental issues like living in an industrial place or, or that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm really interested in kind of pursuing that idea more of, of what the future will look like for industry and work and, and how we can sort of save our, our land while still being able to support ourselves. If you want to see more of my work, you can visit my website, which is just mavemccool.com. So in addition to being an artist, I also um, run a grant, which is the decentralization grant for Schoharie, Columbia, and Green counties in New York. It's different project grants, um, which are funded by NISCA throughout the whole state to do projects in art making, art community projects, and arts education. And the grants are due every year in September. You can see Maeve's intricate, sensitive drawings on her Instagram at Maeve the McCool, that's M-A-E-V-E-T-H-E-M-C-C-O-O-L. If you'd like to support our show, please feel free to make a tax-deductible donation via our Venmo at Future Prairie or Square Cash, our cash tag is Future Prairie, or on PayPal at futureprairie at gmail.com. Future Prairie is sponsored by ADX Art Design Exchange a collective of artists supporting artists. They have sanitized, safe studio spaces available for working artists in Portland, and they just launched Art TV, a free weekly art show on IGTV. Visit their website, artdesignexchange.com, for more information, and follow them on Instagram at ADXPortland. Future Prairie is also sponsored by Aria Portland Dry Gin. This episode was produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. If you have questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out at futureprairie.com or on Instagram or Facebook at futureprairie.